Welcome to Check It Out, a Westerville Public Library podcast where librarians share what we like and where you can find it. I'm Jordan, an adult services librarian. I'm Megan, also an adult services librarian. And I'm David, supervisor of the Innovation Lab. All right, welcome back. Today I've got a primal, bestial icebreaker for you. What is the toughest animal you think you could take in a fight? (laughs) (laughs) Not anything big. I don't even think I could beat a goose, honestly. (laughs) Those things are vicious. They have teeth. They are pretty dastardly. I think you've probably got the reach with like a leg, you know, you can kind of kick them. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Have you guys seen that video of that guy punching a kangaroo? (laughs) Yes, I love that. I mean, I hesitate to say I love videos of people fighting animals, but I kind of love videos of people fighting animals. Yeah. I mean, especially kangaroo because the bad boys going to hit back, you know? Right. The kangaroo had his dog in like a headlock. So he was yeah. just defending his dog. It's not like he was seeking right. out a kangaroo to <laughs> commit outback animal abuse. I saw this in Tekken. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he literally, he squared up like they were in a boxing match and everything. Yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. I think it's always interesting because it's like, oh, if I were stuck in the wilderness, like how much danger would I be in? All the danger. Yeah, I mean, a lot. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to feed myself. I have no survival techniques. <laughs> Our version of Into the Wild would be very short. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? I would have eaten the poisoned mushrooms immediately. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Day one, eight poison mushrooms. (laughs) I think for me, probably some kind of like big dog or something that size. Mm -hmm. Like as long as it doesn't have claws, like a mountain lion, you know, they might be the same Mm. size as like a big dog, but- You know, dogs have claws, right? They don't scratch with their claws. You know what I mean? Like like they're they're biters more than claws. (sighs) In a fight, you think think a a wolf is going to scratch you? The scratch marks on my arms would tell different, and that's just from owning a dogs that like to roughhouse. (laughs) <laughs> they're not like they're not even trying to attack me i heard it's all about the fight in them so you yeah know? i agree that they, yeah. if, if the dog was attacking you yeah it's gonna do more with its mouth but their their jaw strength is incredible if they get a latch yeah. on you it, it'd be hard to get them off yeah i mean it's an easy answer it's man like if someone's <laughs> coming at me that's it game over the most dangerous game <laughs> No, you know, I I don't know. I think anything domestic that you would kind of find that was probably, you know, like you mentioned, like a dog or anything that that would try to attack you. I think, you know, you have a pretty decent job of of being able to stop it from harming you further. But I think any sort of instance where if I'm out in something else's domain, (laughs) I feel like the odds are against me. Um, I don't have speed. Yeah. I don't really have strength. So... Um, it's kind of morbid rather to think about. <laughs> I, I think like if push comes to shove, like and it's it's hard, it's morbid to say again. But like as a father, right? I keep thinking like if we were in the situation, if I had to protect Rosie, mm-hmm. I feel like I maybe there would be more drive there. You know, I don't I don't know. Oh, for sure, you can punch the mane off of a lion if your daughter's in trouble. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> poof. I think I could probably take a badger. <laughs> there you okay. go. Yeah, I think so. I think you could too. Yeah, because they're not as vicious as like a Tasmanian devil or a mongoose or something. I think you could take those. You think I could take those? Yeah, yeah. Don't sell yourself short. Even something like a honey badger, <laughs> which famously, you know, 
don't give enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's a lot of um, posturing and not a lot of actual uh, like ferocity. Yeah, maybe. I've never actually fought a badger, so I couldn't say. Gophers, hedgehogs. I think you, I think you do pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> Like a, a teacup pig. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. All right. <laughs> well, uh, let's get into our picks this week. My pick today is going to be The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. I know this came out a few years ago and probably everybody's read it by now, but you know, it's always, unfortunately, it's always relevant. So uh, let's let's revisit it. So The Hate You Give, the title is based off of a phrase that they explain in the book is from Tupac, where he says that it's like a play on thug life as an acronym, The Hate You Give. Little infants Fs everyone. And so it's like when you treat kids badly, bring them up badly and don't give them a chance, then it kind of screws everybody because that's how like people end up in dire situations where they like have to do like criminal acts and things like that. But this is not about a criminal act, at least not on behalf of the the main characters, because it's about a 16-year-old girl named Star. Um, she's black. She lives in a poor neighborhood, but she goes to this fancy, mostly white school. So she's kind of of two worlds. So after a party, um, Star is hanging out with one of her childhood friends, and they're pulled over by police, and her friend is killed by the police officer. And so this throws Star into this like whirlwind of national headlines and being a spokesperson for Black Lives Matter and also trying to navigate like her like school life versus her home life and her school friends versus her friends from her neighborhood. And it's all like really complex and obviously brings up a lot of like racial issues that uh, we really need to deal with. But yeah. Um, they made a, was it a TV show or a movie that they made out of it? Movie, yeah, right? they made a movie. Movie, and it had a bunch of big names. It was really good, and yeah, I, I, I don't even know what else to say <laughs> except that uh, it is an important story. It's one that we see played out like in the news all the time, and I haven't read it, but my understanding it's is that it's a teen book, so it can be a good way to mm -hmm. introduce a difficult topic to younger readers who, like, maybe they go to an all white school and mm -hmm. they're not personally exposed to these issues, or maybe they're only exposed to it through the lens of their parents' political views. Yeah. So my understanding is it could be a good like how to talk to your kids about race book to like include in that discussion yeah and on that same note it's a maybe a more digestible way to do the same for adults mm -hmm. so yeah that's the hate you give and it's available as an ebook a physical book an audiobook in all of our different platforms so check that out check it out all right, so today I would like to talk about The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss. Ah, speaking of books we've been meaning to read. Oh, it's so good, man. It's so good. <laughs> so it is a fantasy novel about a young man named Kvoth, and it's a trilogy. The third one has yet to be written called The Kingkiller Chronicle. So it's told by Kvoth as an adult. He, he now runs a, a like roadside in pub and he's telling like a, a scribe his life story because he you know grew up with like a traveling troupe of actors and then he was on the streets for a while as a as a an orphaned homeless kid and then he ended up managing to get his way into a really good magic school but now he is living in anonymity under an assumed name as like an unassuming innkeep 
mm-hmm. and uh, you don't really know why, like what he did or what people think he did, but it is just beautifully written. The plot at face value sounds like a really familiar story. I mean, orphan boy goes to magic school, but it's nothing like Harry Potter. (laughs) Right. It has a lot of like similar magical fantasy elements to it. Not similar, familiar, but it's still, I don't know, he manages to breathe fresh air into a story that just based on its description seems like it could be a little stale. And I absolutely love it. And Patrick Rothfuss needs to write the third one already. Dang it. (laughs) It's been ages. (laughs) Yeah. So that is available as an ebook on the Cloud Library app. And I would highly recommend it. It's The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss. Check it out. All right. So for my pick today, I'm going to actually choose a music album that one could access through Hoopla. And it's an album uh, by the band Murder by Death, who this year is celebrating their like 20th year of existence. And initially I had plans to go see them tour uh, this year. Uh, they were kind of yeah. going to do a sort of like medley of like their top albums. But the album in particular is an album that came out in 2006, so celebrating 14 years. And it's called In Boca al Lupo, which is an Italian saying that literally translates into the mouth of the wolf, which is like their kind of version of like, good luck, break a leg. Oh, um, okay. So kind of going right into there. If you're not familiar with the band, Murder by Death, kind of an indie band. If you had to kind of put a descriptor to the style of music that they play, some people might say alt country. It's a gothic westerny. A lot of the visuals that they use, the musical stylings, a lot of concept albums. First album of theirs is sort of a chronicle of a small town where the devil in a physical form was sitting in a bar. Someone decided to shoot him, and the devil, after uh, recuperating, kind of bringing hell upon this small town and them trying to deal with that. This album, instead of it being kind of a linear story, is kind of like um, a bunch of different songs tying into the theme of uh, what the songwriter kind of describes as um, almost like a a Dante's Inferno-esque, like 12 songs kind of showing different levels of sin, like people kind of like meaning well and kind of doing bad deeds. And so it's uh, there's a lot of like different styles in there, uh, waltzes, there's a song that's like almost like a pirate jig, yeah. like a sea chanty, um, some very kind of slowed down sort of gospel-y type uh, music in it. Um, very just interesting from start to finish, very kind of interesting vocals as well. But it's one that I've loved for a very long time and uh, definitely kind of influenced, like, like kind of I described, the kind of gothic themes, western themes. They, ha- they have like a cello in the band, um, a great live band to see. Uh, they like to perform in really uh, neat locations, including the... Um, the name of the hotel where they shot The Shining at that that actually exists yeah. they were a big fan of that movie so every year on New Year's they do a big ball where they rent out the hotel and they have a big performance there and everyone's like in suit and tie and everything like that and they've been doing it annually um, every year have they always been doing it? oh <laughs> oh man I fall right into that oh man they've they've always been here yeah and, th- and then they all take a group photo with all the fans, a la the photo at the end of the movie, <laughs> which is great. Yeah. Uh, but they've done like uh, performances like down in caves and stuff like that. It, it just really interesting. Um, that sounds cool. That album and uh, their follow-up, which is called Red of Tooth and Claw, another great album. Both of them you could actually access through uh, Hoopla as you know digital albums on there. So I definitely recommend checking out Murder by Death. Check it out. All right. So that's going to do it for us this week on Check It Out. Megan and David, thank you for being here. 
Happy to. Thank you once again. And thank you for listening to Check It Out. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode and more picks for you to check out. See ya. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.